How do you maximize performance with your sales force? My name is Anthony Garcia, and I am the host of the Catapulting Commissions podcast. Join me every week as we discuss topics such as performance or improving retention. And we do so by interviewing some of the top sales professionals and entrepreneurs around the world. Now, let's enjoy the show. Catapulting Commissions family. What's up, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Catapulting Commissions podcast with Anthony Garcia. We are going to have a unique show today. But before I go further, I want to say welcome back. Hopefully, you were able to celebrate a great Thanksgiving, uh, whether you had a large or small celebration. I'm not here to judge what took place as long as you were safe and respectful uh, to whatever the boundaries are for those that are around you. So uh, hopefully, you're able to spend some time with friends, families, and loved ones. Uh, for, as for me and my family, we had a small um, intimate setting. We actually did an outdoor Thanksgiving uh, to kind of have some respect for some people that uh, we hadn't seen in a while. Um, and I have a small size family, but it's still a little bit above the 10 person count recommendation, but we celebrated outdoors in sunny Southern California. So uh, can't really complain about that. However, let's move forward. I'm really glad. I'm actually thankful that we just had Thanksgiving. I'm even more glad than I'm Thankful I have people in my life to talk to me and to calm me down. Um, If you read my blog post the week before Thanksgiving, you saw my experience with purchasing a BMW. And today's podcast is going to pick up on that message. And we're going to share a little bit about uh, what went well, what went wrong. Now, full disclosure, for the first time in Catapulting Commission's podcast history, I have re-recorded an episode. So you're hearing this for the first time. However, this is my second time recording it. You see, I never re-record an episode, Uh, whether it's a solo episode or whether I have a guest and I'm interviewing somebody. Typically, what is happening is what is happening. And I want my show to remain authentic. I want my show to be honest and engaging. And I want my my audience of people who listen to know you're always going to get a real authentic approach with me. So with that being said... Why are we re-recording today's show? When I first recorded the show, I was a little fired up. I was passionate. To give you a little snippet, here's what you heard on the first show. His sales manager, flippy hair guy that wants to tell me he's having a horrible Friday night, walks back in the office and literally, let me repeat, let me be crystal killer, literally throws a piece of paper on the desk in front of me and says, Anthony, This is my final offer. You can take it or leave it and walks out. I'm sorry, but if you represent BMW and that's how you show someone a final offer, that's how you present your sales price, you can kick rocks and get the hell out of here. I've never been so disrespected in my life. Who throws a piece of paper at a potential client? Who throws anything these days? Where is the respect Where is the professionalism? Now, as you can tell from that little snippet of the previous show that we didn't play, I was pretty fired up. I was really angry, and I recorded a show filled with passion. I wanted it to be authentic. I wanted it to be some teachable moments. But unfortunately, um, I came across an instinct where I was bad-mouthing the local BMW dealership. And with all honesty, if I'm going to badmouth somebody, I want to give them an opportunity to come on the show and talk 
to me about it or to have an opportunity so we could learn about it. So um, if you know the local dealership that I'm talking about and you have a relationship, I would love to speak with that sales manager or the general manager or the owner and go in depth on the show and talk about my experience. However, we're not going to revisit that in that capacity. What I am going to share with you is four areas that were uh, done incorrectly in the car selling process. So, fun fact, um, I recently found myself in a position to have to purchase uh, and get a new vehicle. Wasn't anticipated, wasn't in, the, wasn't in the works, wasn't something that the wife and I had budgeted for 2020. But stuff happens, we're here. So we needed to buy a vehicle. So like many of you and many consumers, when it was time for me to purchase a vehicle, I jumped online, I started doing research, started sending out emails, started to truly identify what um, what was going to be appropriate for my family in the situation that we found ourselves in. So as we were doing that, I came across several different vehicles. And the vehicle that we settled on was a BMW sedan. Great car, uh, fit my family perfectly. It was exactly what we were looking for. So here's the four mistakes that were made. And what happened is I went from one BMW dealership to another BMW dealership. I left um, a local dealership, drove further for a different dealership, and purchased a vehicle at almost the exact same price point because one place was professional and one place wasn't. So we're going to call them BMW dealership A and BMW dealership B. A is who I purchased the vehicle from. B is who I walked away from. So let's talk about B. Here's my experience with BMW dealership B. As I reached out to BMW dealership B to start the car purchasing process, I worked with a great salesperson. Um, he did a, a decent job at, sh at talking to me about what vehicle um, would fit in the range of, of money I was looking for. However, here were some of the mistakes. There was really no selling of the car. Right. And I, and I guess you can argue and say that there are uh, there's really no necessary, no, no um, reason to sell a BMW. It sells itself. But I would really disagree and counter that. Like, you, you should sell me the vehicle. You should tell me all the bells, all the whistles. So the first mistake that was made in the car buying process at, at dealership B was there was no needs assessment. There was no. Uh, identifying what I needed, what I wanted. It was really just, hey, drive these two cars. Which one do you think works best for you? Um, there was no understanding what position I was in. There was no discussion on how many miles I was driving a year. There was no discussion on where I was driving. As a matter of fact, nobody at dealership B ever asked what I did for a living. There was no rapport building. None of that took place. Other than the salesperson was genuinely a nice guy, I don't blame him. I just don't think he's been properly trained. And, I, and as a matter of fact, I know he hasn't been properly trained. There was a lot of steps that were missing in his sales process. So as we, uh, as we go through the sales process, the very first mistake that was made was no needs analysis. Point blank, he failed to identify the needs of what I wanted to buy, what I wanted to purchase, what was appropriate for my family. The second mistake that was made, and this one is is key for me. This one is, is so key for me that it really, it kind of bothered me that this took place. And I don't blame him. I blame um, the training. 
in car sales, there's a turnover, right? Typically, it's when the car salesperson steps out, uh, the sales manager comes in and has a conversation and has a discussion. So this car salesperson would sit there and talk to me about, uh, you know, we were trying to come to a mutual price point, and we weren't far off where we were looking at. Uh, if you if you read the blog, you understand that um, I had originally went to the dealership the first time. We didn't make a deal. I came back a little bit later, wanted to buy that vehicle. It wasn't available, so I wanted a vehicle similar in that similar price range, and we weren't coming together in that similar price range. So in here's mistake number two, the turnover. When you have your sales manager come in, set your sales manager up for success. Don't set them up for failure. And here's where the sales process went wrong. The car salesperson at BMW dealership B would tell me, hey, this is the best offer I can get, but go ahead and talk with the sales manager. He's going to be able to negotiate more than I will. And it was almost as if the car salesperson I was working with was a little bit afraid or timid to have a good price debate, have a, here, here's my offer, here's what I can get for you, Anthony. It was talk with the sales manager, talk with the sales manager. So the expectations that I had from the turnover from him to a sales manager were significantly higher than what he had, I'm assuming than what he had prepped his sales manager. Now, I don't know the relationship between this car salesperson and the general sales manager that came and took over the sales process, but I can tell you this. When he walked in, he did not seem to have the same conversation that the salesperson had. So the second area that took place, the second mistake that happened was the car salesperson did not set his sales manager up for success, right? If you know that you are at a tough spot, that you don't have any more wiggle room in your negotiation, just say that. Tell your prospect, hey, man, I got to be honest with you. I don't have more wiggle room. I'm going to bring my sales manager. He's probably going to tell you the same thing. As opposed to saying, hey, why don't you try to negotiate with the sales manager? And the sales manager not knowing that that conversation took place, and I'm assuming he didn't know that that's what took place, that conversation was set up for success. So, first mistake, no needs analysis. Second mistake, wrong expectations on the sales turnover. Again, the sales turnover is when the car salesperson passes you off to the sales manager. Now, every dealership in America does it differently. Some make it mandatory, some make it optional. Uh, it's just, everyone does it a little bit differently. The last two mistakes that took place at BMW dealership B fall on the shoulders of the general sales manager. You see, the general sales manager he is supposed to be the closer. He is supposed to be the guy that's going to bring this deal home. And there was two mistakes that fell on that, in my opinion, were really the, the defining factors on why I took my business to dealership A, another dealership out of town, over an hour away from my home, purchased the same vehicle. One was one year newer. I purchased a newer vehicle, one year newer. Not, not much difference. I mean, this is November of 2020 when we made this investment, and I, and I ended up getting a 2021 version as opposed to a 2020. In my mind, it's the same vehicle. Here was the mistake the sales manager uh, made. Third mistake in the sales process. Lack of professionalism. You cannot lack professionalism in a sales process. If you're a sales representative, you are already under a microscope. You have to have a heightened level of professionalism. And so far at 
uh, BMW dealership B, the salesperson had a extremely well polished, was dressed well, spoke well, had professional mannerisms. Never did I feel disrespected. It was a great process, right? Didn't really conduct a needs analysis, didn't set expectations, but I fault that on training, not necessarily him. But the sales manager, the two mistakes that took place in, in this sales process that ultimately pushed me away, uh, mistake number three in the sales process was lack of professionalism. The way you're dressed, the way you carry yourself and present yourself has a lot of weight. I'm sorry that if um, you're having a busy day, I'm sorry if you're in an argument with your wife at home, I'm sorry if you're not hitting your quota, but you know what? As a consumer, I don't care. At that point in time, I'm ready to make an investment. So here was the conversation. The sales manager walks into the room and immediately, he's not dressed professional. He's, he's dressed, let's say casual-ish, but not, not put together. It's just very sloppy. Wasn't, wasn't a professional uh, appearance. And nonetheless, I'm sitting here, I'm, 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 in my mind, I'm like, you know, the people at CarMax, no disrespect to CarMax, carry themselves in a more professional manager than I would anticipate at a BMW dealership. But wasn't professional. And here was the very first thing that came out of his mouth. He walks in the room, says, hello. I said, hey, how are you doing tonight? His response, horrible. It's Friday and I'm trying to get out of here. That was his response to me. Now it's six o'clock, mind you. I don't like the car buying process. You don't like the car buying process. For the most part, anybody who's not in car sales doesn't like the car buying process. It's a well-known fact. But if I'm here on a Friday evening and I'm trying to make a deal, the last thing I want to hear from a car salesperson is your evening's going horrible and you're trying to get the hell out of here. That's not my concern. Again, lack of professionalism, appearance, sloppy. Now he's complaining to me about his day and he wants to get the hell out of there. How does that make me feel as a consumer? You're not respecting my time. Like, am I bothering you because I'm here? Right? It, it gets worse. And, and, and here's where we really turn the tide from going from uh, BMW dealership B to going out of town to BMW dealership A. And at the end of the show, I'll reveal who BMW dealership A is. I think they deserve that credit for doing a professional and wonderful job. So as we go on and we continue this conversation, um, I simply say, hey, <clears throat> you know, sorry that you're having a horrible evening. You know, I said, what's it going to take for, and I being the salesperson, hey, what's it going to take for us to, to find, uh, you know, a happy medium to get where we're at? So he looks at a piece of paper and he's like, well, this is the best I can do for you. And fair enough. I said, okay, well, I said, you know, if, if that's the best you can do for you, I got to be honest with you, sir. Like I, we're a little bit far off. I'm under the impression, and this is what was shared to me, because mind you, this is my second time coming back to the dealership. You could read the blog last week uh, under anthonypgarcia.com to hear the whole story. But this is my second time out here. I was under the impression that we were going to work a, a deal that had the similar terms as to the last vehicle that we negotiated, and, I, and that's what I came back for. We are, we are significantly off. I mean, we're like 18 19% off from where we were before. Help me get a little closer. I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't understand how we're this far off when it's pretty much the same vehicle. So my objection to him was my expectations for here are not being met. I was told we would be able to find a similar vehicle in a similar price range where we're not and help me get there. As opposed to acknowledging 
or expressing empathy or even treating me with any amount of decency or respect, his immediate response is like, well, you're looking at the wrong vehicle then. So, oh, he's like, yeah, we're not going to be able to make a deal tonight. We're wasting each other's time. We're looking at the wrong vehicle. That's what he tells me. And as he tells me that, I says, well, I said, "I'm, I'm sorry. I said, you know, I mean, I don't feel like I'm looking at the wrong vehicle. I'm just, and I reiterate what I said. I'm simply trying to find the same deal that I had a week and a half ago. If that deal is no longer available, then you're right. We are, we are looking at the wrong vehicle because I don't think we're going to make a deal today. And he gets up and he says, okay, thank you. Goodbye. And walks out. That's it. That's his conversation with me. Dude, you're the closer. This poor salesman who you've poorly trained, by the way, is trying to feed his family, is trying to make a living. Your job is to close. Your job is to find a way to remove the objection and meet us in the middle. Remove the objection. Hell, make me feel comfortable. Tell me the car is bells and whistles. Rebuild the value. Do something. Close. I don't care that you're tired. I don't care that you're not. I actually did care that you're not properly dressed, but I don't care that it's Friday night. I don't care that you want to leave early. I don't care that you're having a shitty day. At that point in time, I'm your consumer, and I want you to find a way to resolve this problem. He failed to do that. So third mistake, lack of professionalism. Huge, huge red flag for me. I I don't like the lack of professionalism because to me, it's a lack of authenticity. It's a lack of respect. So now I'm, I'm pretty frustrated, a little bit irritated. Here's the fourth and final mistake. And I feel embarrassed that I have to tell the catapulting commissions family not to make this mistake in the sales process. But I'm going to tell you. Hey, I wanted to take a quick minute and interrupt this episode for a second. I hope you're enjoying what you've heard thus far. Are you a sales professional or do you manage a team of sales professionals? I imagine you know someone who struggles with complacency. I'm talking about the sales rep who has all the tools to be a top performer, but just can't seem to get past the mental hurdle that is holding them back. I completely understand and I relate with you. That is why I've created a detailed approach on how to get out of this stage of complacency and put yourself in position to achieve your next sales goal. Be sure to visit my website, catapultingcommissions.com. Once there, you can find the link to pick up a copy of my international best-selling book, Catapulting Commissions. Now, let's get back to our show. The fourth mistake that was made during this car purchasing process at BMW, not going to say the location, so we're just going to call this show My experience purchasing a BMW, a lack of respect. Do not disrespect your prospects. Do not disrespect your customers. Do not disrespect anyone. Here's where the disrespect takes place. So after he abruptly gets up and leaves the room, I'm, I'm pretty irritated. I'm, I'm frustrated. Uh, I'm talking with my wife about what just happened. We, we have a brief conversation alone in the room with my son watching who wanted to see the car buying purchase, uh, car buying uh, process. We say to each other, this is it. I tell her, let's get out of here. She says, I couldn't agree more. And that, that, is, that is speak for us. So as we're having this conversation, the salesperson walks in and he says, hey, man, I'm really sorry about that. You know, I, I don't, uh, you know, I, I know that that's, that's, that's kind of not a way we do business. Almost a way in apologizing for how rude his sales manager was. I said, hey, thank you. You know, it's not your fault. He sits down, so we sit down a little longer. He asks us if we contemplated looking at a lesser vehicle. I was like, ah, you know what? 
We test drove it. We're not interested. And then he starts to proceed to re-explain his value in his car and why we're getting the good deal, right? Nobody in this time had taken the time to re-explain to us the value that we were getting. And as he's explaining this deal, I'm already, I got to mind you, I'm already really irritated, but I'm there by a thread because the salesperson is so nice. The general sales manager, and this is where the lack of respect crossed it for me, and this dealer lost the customer for life. Walks in, throws a piece of paper on the desk in front of me, literally throws it at me, slides it in front of the desk at me, says, Anthony, this is the best I can do. Take it or leave it and walks away. I'm in shock. I look at my wife, and before I even look at the paper, I'm like, did he just throw a piece of paper at me? She says, yeah, he did. I'm sorry. We don't throw things. I have two girls in my home, an 11-year-old and a 12-year-old. They don't, they don't throw things. We've taught them since they were little. You don't throw things at people. You want to throw something, go play a sport where you throw something. But this sales manager felt it was appropriate to throw a piece of paper at me, telling me that was his best offer, take it or leave it and walk out. With all honesty, I looked at the offer. Was it a better offer? Yeah, but it didn't matter at that point. The amount of respect that I lost for him couldn't, could not be forgiven. There was no amount of money that can be saved on the vehicle that was going to convince me to want to do business with this location. So as he did that, I looked at my wife. We decided to leave. I uh, walked out, told the salesperson, thank you. He was like, will you please think about it? And I apologize. We leave. He texts us later that evening to apologize for the behavior of his sales manager. The next day, I shoot him a text message and I say, hey, with all honesty, I appreciate your time. Unfortunately, I can't get past the disrespect from your sales manager. I, 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 we can't do business together. I apologize. And I felt bad. I want to support my local economy. I want to build a relationship with a local dealership. I want it to do business in my hometown, but I won't be disrespected. And I was so disrespected that it frustrated me to the T because I want my home community, my hometown to be reflected well in business. So here was the four mistakes that took place at BMW uh, dealership B, we're going to call them. No needs analysis by the salesperson. Lack of expectations on the transition from the turnover from sales rep to sales manager. Sales manager, lack of professionalism, lack of respect. Those four mistakes forced me to go to BMW dealership A. And BMW dealership A, I'm going to give credit. It's Valencia BMW in Valencia, California. So as I went to Valencia BMW dealership, uh, I made a relationship with the salesperson on the internet. Literally, after I left my horrible experience Friday evening, I found a vehicle online that, that I liked was identical to what I was looking at at the local dealership. I called, uh, I sent an email, I got a response back via email. We got on the phone together between me and the internet sales manager at Valencia BMW. He shared with me what he had. And the first thing he said was, hey, I apologize. The vehicle you're looking at, I don't have. It's not available for what you're looking for. However, I have some different options, some, some different models. Let me email you a few things. And over the phone, he conducts a needs analysis. What are you looking for? How many miles do you drive a year? Is this going to be for work or business? Have you owned a BMW before? What's more important to you, comfort, style, speed? I mean, this was a conversation with somebody I just spent a few minutes. There was no rapport building. And the rapport building, I guess, took place in, in the very first minute when he called. I said, hey, man, I'm really frustrated. I'm leaving a dealer. 
had a horrible experience, help me out. I mean, that's, I kind of set him up, told him what had just happened. He emailed me some pricing, emailed me some vehicles. They came in Friday evening. I looked over them overnight. Saturday morning wakes up. Now, mind you, the wife and I, we had to buy a vehicle. It was it. There was no, there was no alternative. We had to buy a vehicle that day. There was, we, we were, we were going to finish that evening with a new vehicle in our garage. I emailed him back and I said, Hey, I appreciate you taking the time. However, some of these vehicles and pricing and, and the offer you're sending is a little bit more than I'm, than I want to spend. It's not really in the price range I'm looking for. So with all due respect, I, I don't, I don't want to drive, you know, an hour and 15 minutes from home to Valencia to test drive a vehicle. What I know it drives like if we're not going to be able to meet on a pricing, he emails immediately. He says, I could take care of that for you. That was it. Two or three minutes later, my phone rings. It's the salesperson from Valencia BMW. Mr. Garcia, let me ask you a few questions. We have a few conversations. What is the price point you're looking at? I share with him what I'm looking at. He says, okay. He says, I probably can make some things happen for you. Give me a few minutes. About 30 minutes later, he emails me an offer. Now, it wasn't exactly what I was asking for, but it was a little bit over, but it was close. And because it was close, and because he had been so helpful, I called him and said, I'd like to test drive it. Can I come down and talk to you? He's like, come on down. I'll clear my calendar. As I get down to uh, BMW dealership A, which is Valencia BMW, and I'm, and I'm saying this because I want to give them credit for doing such a wonderful job. They're packed, jam-packed, filled with customers. I'll tell you one thing. There wasn't one customer there that was disrespected. There wasn't one customer there that was made to feel as if they were being a bother. And I know this because as we were sitting there, once we already agreed on our on our vehicle, and the vehicle he sent me, fun fact, the vehicle he sent me, I actually, I actually ended up getting a vehicle that was a little bit of a better model because my wife wanted a few extra bells and whistles that weren't on the one he emailed us. So we spent more money than he had sent us. But because he was willing to work with us and because he was able to listen and empathize and, and, and do a good job and make me feel comfortable, it, wa- it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't an issue. There was no – I didn't have a price issue. It wasn't can I afford it or can't I afford it. It was what I was comfortable with. And I think that's one of the big lessons that the guys at the other dealership missed out on. But as I'm sitting there, we make an agreement. We select a vehicle. He sits us down. I give him my paperwork, fill out the finance paperwork. Uh, We're putting this in my corporate name, and we're doing all that. And so he's taking everything, and he says, hey, sit down. Hey, I got to be honest with you. Uh, We're pretty packed on Saturdays. It's going to take some time, but I'm going to try to rush this through. No problem. Gives us a few bottles of water. Goes away. As he's doing that, the group next to us, I hear the salesperson having to reject a potential client, a prospect, telling him that he didn't qualify for the vehicle he wanted. They discussed co-signing opportunities. They discussed smaller vehicles. Ultimately, it was a no-sale, and the guy left. I was impressed because that salesperson was professional the entire time. There was no disrespect. There was no made-to-feel-uncomfortable it was literally, it, it was trying to solve a problem because the salesperson said, hey, help me help you get a car. Here's our few options. We get a smaller vehicle with a smaller smaller payment. We get someone to co-sign for you, or we try to come back another day and, and maybe come with some more cash, but I don't have any other options for you on this vehicle. He says, I, even if I was to give you a, a better discount, you wouldn't qualify for it. So what do you want to do, man? How, how can I help you? 
that was that was how he was turning somebody down. I was like, man, I want to buy a car from that guy. He was just so nice and so genuine. Shook his hand, got up, walked him out. Didn't even let him walk out. Walked him to the front door himself, shook his hand a second time. And I noticed and I observed that. I'm like, man, that's a level of professionalism I didn't see. So after that happened, our salesperson comes back and says, congratulations, you are now the owners of a new BMW. And I said, thank you. And, I, and mind you, we weren't concerned we were, weren't going to qualify, but it was just nice for him to come out and say thank you and shake our hand. He says, I'll meet you in finance after you finish, thing, after you finish some things up. Uh, I think it was named Madison is the girl. She'll come out and grab you when she's ready for you. Great. So Madison comes out, grabs my wife, grabs myself. We go back to her office. We start filling out paperwork, filling out paperwork, giving down payment, doing this whole deal, right? And as Madison looks at our information, she says, oh, you're from XYZ City. Name's my hometown. I said, yeah, I am. She says, what brought you to Valencia BMW? I said, well, I had a horrible experience at my local dealership, and that's what brought me here. And I said, and you know what's funny is what I'm spending today is almost identical. I said, I think it's actually a little bit more than what I was going to spend in the local dealership. But your salesperson did such a phenomenal job and made me feel comfortable that that's that's why I'm here. And here's why I'm recording this podcast, and here's why I wrote the blog last week. She said, you know, that's unfortunate. You're the third customer I've had today. Third customer I've had today from your city that left your local dealership and came here to purchase. I was like, wow, I'm so frustrated. I have friends in my local community who work in car sales, who work at car dealerships. Now, none of them work at BMW, but to hear that is so frustrating. Why is my local community losing business to a dealership that's not in your community? And I said, and I told him, like, man, I'm, uh, that's, that's really frustrating to hear. I said, I enjoy my community. I want my community to do well, but this is a frustrating story for me to hear. She says, it happens more often than you think. You're the third today that has had a similar story. She's like, it happens all the time, Anthony. And she says, do you mind asking what happened? And so I shared with her what had happened. As I'm sharing the details of her, what had happened, and we talk a little bit about the, the lack of respect and the lack of professionalism, she echoes what my salesperson said at Valencia BMW, because I also shared with him the story. He told me that if he did that, he would be fired. She literally said the same thing. She said, if one of our salespeople did that, they would be fired on the spot. We do not disrespect customers. We want to build customers for life, not just for one transaction. We want people to always think of BMW first when it comes to purchasing their vehicle. And I, and I looked at her and I said, well, you know what? I will think of BMW first when it comes to purchasing a vehicle, but I'll think of this dealership first and I'll never go anywhere else. That is why I recorded this podcast episode. And that is why I recorded this podcast episode twice. Because the first version was probably more of a rant. It was more frustration. It was more me telling you where this guy went wrong, how they treated me, just anger. It was definitely filled with anger, and I didn't like that. I listened to the raw audio, and it's not something I wanted to put out. Uh, so that's what I have for you guys today. When you are in car sales, sales period, you are never allowed to lose your professionalism. You're never allowed to disrespect your prospects. Do not 
introduce someone else to your sales process without setting up proper expectations. In car sales, it's called the turnover. In B2B sales, it's, hey, let me bring my manager. In, in medical device or enterprise sale, it's when you bring a business partner in. Don't bring that person in without setting up proper expectations. And the final thing, don't assume. Conduct a thorough needs analysis. Identify the problem. Cre- present a solution. Just listen. And if you're not asking the right questions, you're not going to get the right information. Now, I am com- incredibly um, disturbed that I would record a podcast episode like this. But at the same time, it creates a lot of teachable moments. So you, Catapulting Commission's family, do me a favor. Why don't you reach out to me and share with me if you've encountered any teachable moments in a car buying process. Share with me your worst experience when you were the consumer, when someone dropped the ball on the sales process. Because as you know, when it comes to selling, when you sell something to someone who's a professional salesperson, that that's what they do for a living, it can be the easiest or worst sale of your life depending on what you do. If you have a lack of integrity, a lack of professionalism, a lack of respect, it becomes the worst sale you've ever made in your life because not that person's not going to stand for that. With all honesty, not many consumers will. That's what I got for you guys this week. Hopefully, you were able to take something from today's show. As I said in the beginning, if you happen to know who the local dealership is because you follow me and you know where I live, I would be love to have that same general sales manager on the Catapulting Commissions podcast, the general manager or the owner on the Catapulting Commissions podcast, because I would really like to understand where the disconnect is in the training process. I, as a proud member of my community, I want to see my community thrive. I want to see my community grow. And what really frustrated me uh, was not just the disrespect that I experienced, but going and hearing that there was another part not too far from me that was reaping the benefits from the drop ball repeatedly happening at the local dealership. So if you have somebody, reach out to me, shoot me a text message, get connected with the Catapulting Commission's community. Text 661-228-8967. Text the word hello to 661-228-8967. That's the Catapulting Commission's community. I do some free training, give some free advice to that text community. You get directly connected to me, not my assistant, not my sales associate, not anybody on my team, but directly to me. Join the Catapulting Commission's community. Be sure to comment, subscribe, like, and I will see you next week as we dive into the top four episodes on the Catapulting Commission's podcast for the year 2020. You're not going to want to miss those. Thank you guys for joining me. I'll see you on the next one. Well, that does it for today's episode on catapulting commissions with anthony garcia if you found some value in today's show please be sure to head over to itunes and leave a five-star rating don't forget to subscribe to catapulting commissions that way you get notified of new episodes every week lastly please take a screenshot of today's show and share it on instagram every week i'll be giving away a signed copy of my best-selling book to one person who tags me at Anthony P. Garcia 99 and includes the hashtag catapulting commissions. Thank you for your time and I look forward to helping you achieve higher commissions.